Do you feel like you need God's encouragement and wisdom throughout the week to take hold of His promise to fly like an eagle? You've come to the right place. Welcome to Eagles on the Hill. Let's join our host, Pastor Jeff Scheich. Hey, people, I am your host, Pastor Jeff Scheich. Thanks for joining us on this edition of the podcast. Today, we're going to talk about another question that's been submitted by you, the listeners, to eaglesonthehill211 at gmail.com. And that question is, what does the Bible say about dinosaurs? How do we as Christians view dinosaurs? Uh, Just a question that's been asked for a long, long time and um, lots of different possible answers there. But I want to first give you uh, an answer to this question. What does the Bible say about dinosaurs? Then we're going to talk about things like where did they come from? Uh, How old is the earth? And all those sorts of related questions. We'll see how many we get through in the podcast. Uh, So, does the Bible talk about dinosaurs? The answer is actually yes. Uh, We just have to read it correctly. So, uh, there's a couple different words in our English Bibles that uh, uh, really can be viewed as potentially being dinosaurs. For instance, um, there's a, a Hebrew word that is sometimes translated sea monster or serpent, um, dragon in the King James Version. But if you look up um, that uh, word and those different kind of translations of that word in the Old Testament, you'll find about 30 different references to that same Hebrew word. For instance, check out Psalm 74, verse 13, if you like, or Isaiah 27, verse 1, Jeremiah 51, verse 9. Uh, These kind of creatures are found on land. They're also found in water in the scriptures. Another Hebrew word that's uh, kind of transliterated into the English as Leviathan is used six times in scriptures. It's used in Job 41, verse 1, for instance. Uh, Psalm 104, verse 26. It's a large, fierce sea creature. Uh, The description of the Leviathan in the Job 41 passage gives the impression that it is a, a strong, graceful, yet unstoppable creature. Uh, weapons are unable to stop it. In fact, Job 41 verse 33 says, nothing on earth is its equal. So a clear picture of some great beast that is certainly uh, larger, more powerful than anything we know uh, roaming the earth today. Another uh, giant creature that the Bible talks about, describes in Job, is the behemoth, which is said in Job 40 verse 19 to be a prime example of God's handiwork. It's a huge plant-eating animal that dwells by the water. Its bones are said in Job 40 to be like tubes of bronze. Its limbs are like rods of iron. Its tail is likened to a cedar tree. And and some have tried to say, well, that kind of sounds like an elephant or a hippopotamus. But the problem with that is, of course, elephants and hippopotamuses don't have tails like cedar trees. Uh, They have tails more like toothpicks. Uh, So various dinosaurs, on the other hand, that we uh, see described uh, in modern times as archaeologists dig them up, had huge tails that could be compared to cedar trees. And so that is likely what Job is talking about there in Job chapter 40. So other ancient civilizations uh, as well had these uh, descriptions, pictures, drawings uh, of Uh, large, large animals that resemble the dinosaurs that we talk about today, both uh, Roman mosaics, 
uh, Mayan pottery, Babylonian city walls. Uh, these things happen throughout uh, civilizations. We have these pictures of these kind of uh, large dinosaur-like creatures. Marco Polo uh, reports uh, in the 13th century, actually, of seeing huge serpents in China. This is what Marco Polo, uh, these are the words Marco Polo uses to describe them. He says, at their forepart near the head, they have two short legs, each with three claws, as well as eyes larger than a loaf and very glaring. The jaws are wide enough to swallow a man. The teeth are large and sharp, and their whole appearance is so formidable that neither man nor any kind of animal can approach them without terror, unquote. That's Marco Polo in the 13th century even. So uh, the reality is that these, these animals do exist, um, but apparently exist in uh, fewer number um, of in the recent past, but they certainly existed. Uh, in perhaps large numbers in the far past, the distant past, as we see them being dug up by archaeologists all around the world. So where did these dinosaurs come from? Well, for Bible-believing Christians, the answer to that is pretty clear, pretty simple. On uh, day five of creation, God created the sea creatures and created the birds. And so if any of these dinosaurs are to be numbered among the sea creatures and uh, the creatures that fly, they would be created on day five. And on day six, God created the land animals. And so there you go. They would be created on day six, along with the rest of the land animals and along with human beings as well, Adam and Eve. So how long ago was that then that they were created? Well, if you just take the Bible at face value, it would seem to be that they were created uh, thousands of years ago, maybe six, seven, eight thousand years ago. Uh, that's when they were created along with the rest of the world and the rest of the animals uh, on day five and day six, as we talked about. So not, not all that long ago, not billions of years ago, as some would think. And yet, uh, why is it then that uh, as scientists uh, investigate the age of the earth, investigate the age of the dinosaurs, why is it that they seem like they were created not just thousands of years ago, but uh, were in existence millions and maybe even a billion years ago? Who knows what scientists will come up with next in terms of the age of the earth, the age of the dinosaurs. Uh, how do we explain that as Christians who believe the scriptures and believe that the world, the whole universe is only thousands of years old? Well, we explain it uh, very simply this way. When God created the universe, he created a fully functioning universe. That is a universe that was fully functioning. So when God created, for instance, Adam and Eve, on day six of creation, uh, as Adam and Eve began to walk around and take a look at one another, aside from how beautiful they must have looked to each other, they certainly would have examined one another and said, you know, it looks like we are, what, what would you guess, 15 years old? 20 years old, 25 years old, how old would they have appeared? And yet they were only one day old. They had just been created. If they were examining one another and looking at each other on the seventh day saying, how old are, how old are you? How long have you been here? It would have looked like they had been here perhaps 25 years, one day seven of creation. And yet they would have only been there one day. As Adam and Eve explored the garden, uh, certainly as God created the plants and the trees, he created a fully functioning universe, plants and trees that were fully functioning. 
uh, perhaps an oak tree in the garden. Uh, if Adam would have cut it down, would have had a hundred rings in it. And so he would have presumed that it had been there a hundred years. And yet we know from scripture that it had only been there a couple of days. Or as Adam saw the stars uh, millions, billions of light years away, Adam would have said to himself, well, surely that star has been there for a million years or a billion years or however far away it was. And yet it had only been there for a couple of days. Again, a fully functioning universe. And so we would expect as Christians who are scientists, we would expect to find things that would make us believe the world was very, very, very old. And yet we know from scripture that it is only thousands of years old. So that's how we would explain uh, some of that. At least that's an introduction to that that we can do within the limits of a 15-minute podcast. So where do the uh, dinosaurs all go then? What happened to them if God created them and they were roaming the earth in abundance? Where did they go? Well, in order for fossils to be formed, they would need to have been uh, need to have died and been immediately covered by mounds of dirt that would preserve those bones, those fossils for us to discover years later. That would have all had to happen very rapidly under a great deal of pressure. Well, take a look at the scripture and how it describes the flood. Uh, as the scripture des describes the flood, it's not just a rainstorm, but it is a uh, incredible chaotic environment where easily um, many, many thousands of animals, creatures would have been buried quickly and been covered by large amounts of earth and uh, under that pressurized environment been able to fossilize. Uh, when someone when something or someone dies and just lays down on the earth and gradually, well, it doesn't fossilize, that person or animal gradually decays. It ceases to exist. We're unable to discover it. Uh, but when uh, an animal, a plant, is covered immediately by large amounts of earth under great pressure, it can fossilize and be kept there for us to discover years later. The flood in the scriptures uh, certainly sounds like an event that would uh, was worldwide. The scripture is clear about that. And uh, is an event that would enable us to then discover these ancient fossils, these fossils that are thousands of years old, been laid down under a great deal of pressure. So where did these uh, dinosaurs go? Well, most of them died in the flood. The few that survived, having gotten onto the ark, uh, might have been seen by Marco Polo, for instance, but apparently were unable to survive in large numbers uh, once the flood had essentially remade the earth in its new form. Uh, for instance, uh, after the flood, for the first time, as mentioned, the seasons. We've talked about this, I think, before in a previous podcast, as we talked about the seasons. And uh, for the first time after the flood, seasons are mentioned, summer, spring, winter, fall. And so it is possible that not only was the flood uh, a little rainstorm, like we tend to think of it, but also was a time when the earth tilted on its axis, giving us the seasons, uh, totally remade the way life could exist or not exist on the planet. And uh, it's very possible then that many of these dinosaurs could no longer exist after the flood. And so... Uh, they died out, the species died out pretty quickly. So there you have it. That's what I would say about dinosaurs as an introduction to dinosaurs and the Bible. Hope that was interesting to you. Lots more to be found and learned about that. You can certainly search online and begin to do some studies on that yourself. 
We want to encourage you to write us at eaglesonthehill211 at gmail.com. Let us know your thoughts, other insights about dinosaurs and uh, the scriptures and how they uh, how that matches up with history as scientists discover it. Write us at eaglesonthehill211 at gmail.com. That's all one word. No spaces, dots, dashes, underscores. Uh, write us. Let us know also other topics you'd like us to talk about on the podcast. Remember that those who hope in the Lord will renew their strength and fly on wings like eagles, we pray. God fulfilling that promise in your life today as we know he's always faithful. Thanks for listening.